Welcome to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online with me, your host, Tammy Riley. This week, I am really looking forward to introducing you to three Quinnipiac students. I've really thoroughly enjoyed getting to spend some time with them. They are actually students who are studying abroad from Quinnipiac in Cork for the entire semester. And I happen to be over there running a wellness program for them. We do a little wellness weekend having this exact type of conversation. And these three were just so willing to continue that conversation. And honestly, we could have talked for days and days. So you will meet Emma, Robin, and Lydia, and they will each share just some of the the real inner dialogue that they have, some of the obstacles they've had to overcome over the last few years. And truly, they are just uh, really immersing themselves in the practice of Uh, trying to live their best life day to day. And as we know, it is not easy, but it just, it it gives me so much hope just to see their vision. And I am, all of them are going in the medical profession. So, wow, the people that they come encounter with, their patients, um, their colleagues are just going to be so enriched with the way that these three live their life and their thought process. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. So stay tuned for our fabulous conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online. Uh, Tammy Riley here, and I am very excited. I am coming to you from a hotel room in Cork, Ireland, and I have three of our Quinnipiac students with me. We just had what I think was a wonderful weekend together. They might have a different opinion, but we spent a lot of time together this weekend, and our focus was on wellness, well-being, self-care, so it is fresh on all of our minds, and they agreed very kindly to um, have conversation with me, so I'm happy to share them with you. So I have, first of all, I have Emma Gatz, who is a sophomore OT student. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for having me. Yes, (laughs) and I'm going to have you all, like, say a little quick intro in a second. And then I have Robin Rosnitsky, who is a senior PA student. Getting this all right. Okay. (laughs) And Lydia Molnar who is also a senior PA student. So I love that you're both here together as PA students. I think that's kind of rare in senior year to make that happen. So we're going to have to talk about how you worked that magic. It was um, a lot of effort. It was, a lot of <laughs> it was not an easy process. Right. I, I imagine that. So we're, we're definitely going to have to go back. So, um, But if you maybe just in that order that I introduced you, just give a little quick like where you're from, any little note or tidbit you want to add before we chat. Ah, okay. So I'm Emma, like Tammy said. Um, I'm from Chicago, which... Is a little rare for a Quinnipiac student, but an, I'm an OT student. Um, I really love the program so far. And yeah, um, it's been an exciting trip in Ireland so far and a great weekend. Tammy was saying we might not feel the same, but I think we all felt really great this weekend. So yeah. Awesome. And we only have met virtually before. Yes. Because Emma did a few of my programs. Last year, we were mostly programming online and yeah, um, some book clubs yeah so it's it was nice to um, when you identified yourself it's so hard <laughs> from that little zoom square to the in person um, it felt different but uh, sure. I love that <laughs> we were already connected and I didn't even know <laughs> hi my name's Robin uh, I'm from New Jersey so not very far from Quinnipiac you know 
just like a state away but <laughs> yeah I'm just really happy to be doing this and that we got the chance to spend this whole weekend with you and do all the self-care yeah I mean you really you shared a lot over the weekend so thank you I'm excited um, for the conversation today me too <laughs> my name's Lydia um, I'm a senior PA student with a minor in Spanish oh. um, I am so thrilled to be studying abroad it's something I've been wanting to do for years and when COVID hit, I really didn't think it was going to be an option. Um, but through a lot of effort and just wishful thinking, um, we got there. And so I'm really grateful to be here. Yeah. And so um, for those listening that might not know it, you know, when they're on such intense tracks as the three, these mm-hmm. three women are with their health science majors, there's not a lot of wiggle room for electives and, and to have a travel abroad experience. And normally it does happen, um, I think it's normal, around sophomore year. Sophomore year is Mm -hmm. absolutely the only time I can travel, and they've never had an OT student in the fall, so... It's pretty much just a semester you're limited to. So. Right, right. So um, so pretty exciting that you're both PAs and that it worked for you. So your programs were flexible. Like, do you have <laughs> online classes at home? Like, how are you making this work? Um, so I know um, this is Robin speaking. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. <laughs> no problem. Um, I know for me, the only reason why... I was able to make this work was because I planned this out from day one. So I did set aside a semester of just elective classes, which eventually had to be all moved around once COVID hit because I did think that we were going to um, study abroad sophomore year as well, like we were supposed to. But when COVID hit, um, the program wasn't very flexible and we really had to fight for a spot to be here and just be really persistent about what we wanted and to, you know, keep our eyes on the goal, (laughs) make sure that... Um, it ended up working out in the end. That's amazing. I think I definitely plan to. I'm not as more. I'm not as um, good of a planner when it comes to classes as Robin. So I think a huge piece of it was just because I had Robin as well, and she was like advocating and like, oh, I'm going to advocate for this, Lydia. Do you want to come with me? And so we kind of bounced off of each other. So she definitely helped me in that sense. But I also just had like a really strong passion to study abroad. It's something I've always wanted to do, and I knew I wouldn't really forgive myself if I didn't yeah so So, I mean I'm that's an amazing story honestly for for the health science students out there listening um, I guess don't give up hope if you (laughs) thought your window had closed and I love that they (laughs) helped you and found a way because that travel abroad experience is really something special and especially when you become professionals with all of your I mean maybe you could do traveling OT or PA, but probably not outside of the country. So, right. So I think if you have that travel bug and you want to see, you know, the world beyond the U.S., this is such a great opportunity. So it's nice that you made it work. Mm, I really love that. Uh, And so obviously we're here about self-care. So maybe I'll just start with um, what self-care, I guess, means for each of you. And so Lydia, do you mind starting? Like, what does that mean if I say self-care, like just to you and your life and how you think about it? I think self-care is kind of a balance of being um, connected to people around you, people who you love, like my family, my boyfriend, my friends, um, and then also just being connected with myself and taking care of my own needs too. So a huge part of my self-care regimen is working out. I work out very often um, and I don't feel well if I don't work out. Mm. So that's something like I always make time for. I have to, um, as well as eating, like being very like meal prepping and making sure I'm eating things that make me feel good. Like if I'm not eating the way that my body needs to be fed, I don't feel like I'm cared for. Um, and then sleeping too. 
um, always making sure that I try to get eight hours. I usually try to get nine hours or 10 hours because I know that's what I need. Um, but yeah, I'd say like a community eating, exercising, and sleeping are my biggest things. Wow. First of all, sleeping, I think as a college student, <laughs> is something I notice that they yeah. don't normally pay a lot of attention to. So I really admire that yeah. you know how your body functions best and it's a priority. I think I sleep more actually at college. Like I find, I would say sophomore year, no, because that was <laughs> the worst year ever school-wise. But okay. every other year I've been able to find a really good balance of sleeping as much as I need to um and like kind of drawing the line of when I'm gonna go to bed yeah and I'm just I function so much better on sleep I'm a happier person like I'm smarter in class like I just cannot live life when I don't have eight hours of sleep wow I'm very impressed. I love that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> and then also I know um you have a few you know like allergy food allergy type things so knowing the right foods and yeah. honoring that because it's so tempting especially when you're abroad to try something new but if you know that there's something in there that's not going to agree and I think it takes a lot of diligence to stick with that plan as well mm. yeah no I aim for plant-based like whole foods um and I usually stick to that I don't eat meat I eat fish occasionally um and I avoid dairy just because I know my body doesn't agree with it and when I do, it completely like sets me off for the rest of the day. It just puts me on a bad track. So if you can eat the way that your body needs to be fed and everyone has a different way that that looks like, you run so much better. It's like your fuel, right? It's mm -hmm. like if you're feeding yourself with the right things, you're going to operate better because you have a better quality of fuel. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, it takes some people, I mean, a lot of us, a really long time to discover that. You know, yeah. we ignore the signs and we often don't put two and two together. Like when I eat this, this is the cause or when I don't get enough sleep, mm -hmm. this is how I feel. And I, how, so did you start that during college? Was that something that you've always done? Um, it's been a journey. I became vegetarian in sixth grade. Oh, really young. Like mm. one of the first people I know to be vegetarian and I stuck with it. I never went back on that. Um, I started eating fish again, probably halfway through high school. Um, and I find that my body does really well on fish. I think I'd like to cut out fish eventually for other reasons, more like the environment and animal cruelty and stuff like that. But that's something else I'm going to get to later on in life. I'm mm -hmm. just sticking with this now. And then about um, senior year of high school is when I decided I wasn't going to eat eggs and I wasn't going to eat milk. And that lasted for a couple years, and then now I've been reintroducing it back into my diet just a little bit. Um, but I go through periods where it's kind of more something that I eat, and then other periods where I don't eat it as much. Um, but generally, I know that my body operates better on plants. Yeah. Wow. That's really great. And I also love that idea of it's more like listening to your body. Like, I feel like I need some fish. So instead of putting on the brakes and being like, I don't eat fish, you know, you're really listening and maybe yeah. your body isn't getting something that it needs in that moment. So yeah. that's really intuitive and, and smart. I think also looking at your profession as a PA like that, you know, mm. you're going to have a lot to share, a lot of that experience yeah. to share with your own clients. That's a huge piece. It's like, I really want to figure out um, how to introduce nutrition into my job. Mm -hmm. It's something I'm really passionate about. I'm not really quite sure how to do that yet. I'm like still kind of like processing that and trying to figure out exactly how I can do that. But I'm really into healing through like nutrition and 
exercise and stuff like that. Awesome. And that's really interesting as you're going into the medical field. Yeah. So just looking at it holistically, which definitely is... It's kind of contradictory, too, in a yeah. lot of senses from what we learn. We don't really learn about nutrition in our schooling. A lot of doctors, PAs, they only take, like, one nutrition course. That's all they need to graduate, right. which is crazy. Yeah, we just, that's so funny. I just had that conversation with somebody recently about doctors, you know, not being able to help you when it yeah. comes to nutrition just because they're limited unless they've sought it out on their own. So It's wild, yeah. Yeah, I love that. You'll get yeah. to have your own little thing that you bring to your practice wherever you go. Emma, what is self-care to you, my friend? Uh, so it's it's been kind of a crazy ride, I would say. Right now I'm not doing great at self-care. In, in various aspects of my life, in various times, like I'm good at a different thing. So currently I would say I'm doing a better job of like the social balance versus like staying back, getting my sleep, getting my time alone, and like not running my social battery out as much. So I would say... Right now, that's my current self-care that I'm, like, doing great at. Um, I definitely could improve on the exercise and the food component. But, like, at home, I exercise seven days a week. Typically, um, I go to Orange Theory. So it's, like, at home, I'm great with that. And then at Quinnipiac, um, I'm really good with food. And then here, I'm good at, like, social balance. So I would say self-care, it goes in waves for me. But I definitely don't have as much of a balance as Lydia does, but, but she, yeah, like, she's definitely a role model. Yes. Well, we, we live together, though, so it's a great, it's cool to see, like, all my roommates, there's five of us, like, see what they're cooking and when they're exercising, like, it definitely pushes you to improve on certain aspects of self-care just because, like, I admire that they, they cook three meals a day and, like, they're cooking healthy things with, um, great vegetables, locally sourced vegetables. So I, it's definitely, it's cool to live with people that have a lot of great self-care routines. And yeah, so I think it's definitely been a an interesting ride in Ireland, but I, I'm improving. I'm improving slowly. <laughs> so yeah, first of all, it's it's always a ride for all of us all the time. You know, this is my third season of a self-care podcast and no one has figured everything out 100%, that's for sure. And I love that it isn't one size fits all. And I think, you know, we did a little wellness wheel activity together the other day and we looked at what might need a little more nourishment to keep the wheel, our balanced wheel flowing. Oh, yeah. And I think you're you're truly living in that moment where at some point something is easier. So you can focus on that. And now you're in this other place and I think you're learning all the skills and when the time is right, you're, you'll have them. So it'll be easier to focus on a little bit more of each of them. But yeah, yeah, sure. it's, a lear- <laughs> it's a learning process. Man, it is not easy. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, that's why, you know, even the, the, cell, the sleep, which I think is so big and important, just the, you know, based on your environment, you come to college and you're in a dorm and you're around so many people and there's noise and distractions and maybe you had your own room and now you have five roommates and you know so there's a lot of things I feel like in general that's a really hard one for college students to factor in and also the social balance because again people are up at 2 a.m chatting and do I focus my time with a friend or am I studying um because you're a health science major right studying that's (laughs) a yeah that's definitely a component of it too because I have to take anatomy and anatomy lab virtually through Quinnipiac and like 
tonight I have a lab 6 to 9 p.m. and that's that's not easy because that's like dinner time and then I can't cook really and so it definitely it's interesting to try to balance studying here with like eating and sleeping and doing all the things because I have that extra burden of having a hard class whereas mm -hmm. a lot of the other students they they have hard classes but it's it's not as important to get like a good grade in anatomy. Like it's not as right. vital to their education as anatomy is to mine. So right, right. It's interesting. Yeah, no, anatomy is <laughs> like if you don't pass this, I can't you do can't next semester. Right, so right. yeah, and also you know we're so the weekend that we're all together. This will air after that, but the weekend that we're all together is Jazz Weekend in Cork. So you know it's also finding time to experience the culture and what's happening, sure. and you're here. So. Yeah. It, it is a lot of, of juggling it all, but, but, you know, I think self-awareness is the first part of all of that. And it For sure. seems like you at least have that piece going on <laughs> yes. and you have your priorities, right? Yes, so I, do. I have to get the good grade in anatomy, but <laughs> squeeze in the fun along the way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Robin, we didn't forget you. <laughs> um, so I definitely think that my answer to this question, which would have changed every single year of my college career so far but this question does remind me of a conversation I actually had with my grandma this summer um, she's 72 years old and she's bored of retirement so she's decided to become a life coach oh. yeah so she was telling me all about her teachings and we were talking and I was telling her about like my mental health and all my routines and stuff and basically she sat down and decided to build a concept with me so we kind of numbered out all the different things that I would need to focus on in order to actually stay mentally healthy and happy. Um, and there's six of them. So the first one is eating. Uh, and I'll be honest, my freshman year of college, I was eating ramen every single night at two in the morning. <laughs> but I'm proud of myself because I don't do that anymore. And my freshman year belt is too big on me. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps, yeah. right? No more ramen, okay. Yeah, but I've made, I, I know that I snack, I know myself. So I made sure that I only get good ingredients like produce and I fill the fridge with that and actually I was talking to Lydia about this the other day but whenever I tried a meal plan she told me to focus on a vegetable a protein and a starch mm -hmm. so every single time that I try to build a meal I look for all three of those things and then that's how I feed myself um, and I don't feed myself all the time when I should <laughs> but I do my best second thing was sleeping I have this terrible habit that I'm trying to fix right now of kind of getting too comfortable in my bed before I go to sleep and then like not brushing my teeth, not turning off the lights and just passing out mm. and then waking up in the middle of the night being like, oh God, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so, um, I've, I've been focusing on, you know, getting myself all settled in, creating a nice environment for myself before I fall asleep. And also I try not to do any homework in my bed. I try to keep it just a space for relaxation. Um, so that's the second one. The third one is exercise. Um, I'm not a gym rat. I kind of wish I was, but I lose motivation a lot. So this summer I decided that I wanted to find some sort of form of exercise where um, it's something that I enjoy. So mm -hmm. I picked up roller skating because I could do it outside in the sun. I could play my music and just spend like alone time with myself and learn dance moves. I watched YouTube videos and I learned tricks, you know, spinning, going forwards and backwards and trying to put them all together. 
And it's just, like, the repetition for me, like, doing it over and over again is really therapeutic. And you probably look super cool out on the, the yard, the lawn, or the driveway, doing <laughs> the your roller tricks. For sure. Oh right? Like, that's so awesome. You said it, not me. <laughs> that um, totally is so cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, but it's one of my favorite things now. And so when I don't get a, a day when I can make it to the gym, I try to skate instead, and that counts as my exercise in my head. Um... It's exercise for sure. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so the fourth thing would be spending time with friends and family. I do get, like, this burst of energy when I'm surrounded by good company and when I'm able to make new memories and experiences and put myself outside of my comfort zone and try new things. Um, and then the other one is spending time with myself. Mm. Because I find that burnout is real <laughs> and sometimes if I completely neglect to spend time with myself I completely just lose my mind yeah. like I, I just become a version of myself that I don't like and it rubs off on people around me and that's not healthy so I make sure that even if it's just a Netflix show or sitting down or just you know like taking a shower you know it, it could be anything but I do need that time for myself and that also kind of translates into exercise too because you spend the time with yourself while you are exercising mm. um and then the very last thing which I was debating kind of putting into this list is studying <laughs> and um I don't know if that counts as self-care but something that I did realize an epiphany I had this summer was that I find it's a lot easier for me to be motivated to study and to do the work when someone else, like a teacher, is holding me accountable, then I am motivated to do all the other five things on the list because I'm holding myself accountable. Mm. So I've been really trying to work on the fact that my opinion and what I think of myself and my own self-care is as valid as if someone else is holding me to a similar standard. Wow. You are three wise mm. young women. <laughs> That's awesome. So fabulous that you have a grandma who's going through this to talk to you about this. I love this whole idea. Um, not many of us, period, kind of create, um, I'm going to say like a mission statement or a code to live by. And it, it does help. It does help because when you're having those moments where you're untethered and you're not feeling grounded, you have an anchor or something to go to. And I love Lydia's tip, that same thing in, in that idea of making a food. Okay, these are the three things. Focus on the three things because for a lot of us, we kind of know it, but we get lost out there often. So having that go-to of, oh, those are the three things. I only need to focus on this. Or mm. what have I done today? Why do I feel like this? Oh my gosh, I haven't had time alone in five days. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, wow. These are all really, really great things that you are sharing. So thank you for bearing uh, your, your heart and soul into all of this <laughs> and sharing with us. Anyway, we had a little behind-the-scenes conversation already, which I, which I love because, um, you know, it's not easy, and, and we do have to learn from each other, and Emma is a couple of years younger, so but two years of learning how to care for yourself and having those conversations and putting that as a priority make a big, make a big difference, yeah. um, just in the sense of experiences, you know? It's, it's definitely, it's what an opportunity you have living with these two women. For sure. It's definitely interesting to see like how like they live their lives and how much I, I'm not going to say better but like they are better about like all their living stuff and I think it comes with experience for sure but what we were talking about when it, we weren't recording um, <laughs> was that like we all three have really good awareness of what we could be doing better. We're mm. very good about like 
my social battery has run out, it needs to be recharged, so I'm not going to go out tonight, or I've been having a lot of alcohol a week because the age limit is lower here, yeah. so mm-hmm. we're very good about, like, pulling ourselves back, but I think we have the awareness, but um, Robin and Lydia definitely have the action piece after the awareness, where I could definitely be working on it a little bit better, where, like, I know I'm eating, like, worse foods than I should, I know I should be eating healthier, but, like, my action isn't completely there, but I feel like they're very good. Like, it's cool to see, like, they're my role models for, like, <laughs> oh. eating and sleep, and they're just, they're they're really good at it, and they, <sighs> obviously, they still have their challenges day on day-to-day basis, but it's, from an outside perspective, I'm like, they're doing really good at it, so. But also, cool. I feel like a huge piece of it is, like, self-awareness, and so many people don't have that. Yes. Like, agreed. I interacted with a ton of people who just don't have that, and Emma and I, like, We'll have conversations. We had one this morning, which yeah. was such a cool conversation, which can take up a whole episode, but <laughs> yeah. it's kind of about, like, just eating habits and where we learned our eating habits from our families yeah. and how that affects us. And like We, talk, we had, like, a whole hour conversation so with good. our roommates about eating health, like, we. Yeah. Yes, yes, how you grow up and yeah. what you're exposed to. And, oh, my God, 100%. But, like, Emma, yeah. like, I'm just impressed with, like, your sense of self-awareness, and you can even, like, trace back to, like, I think of this because of this thing that happened at this point with this person. Like, Emma's very aware of that, and she, like, can come up with, like, steps that she wants to take. Sometimes she yeah. doesn't take them, which, but, yes. like, she's but got that okay. plan. Yeah. And yeah. then you work on taking those steps. For sure. Know? And For sure. even, you know, and what we're going to segue into in a second is um, how life has happened and unfolded for this, I'm going to say, generation where you know, either coming from high school or early on in a college career, dealing with a pandemic and, and you know, going to college and, and even being in high school, it is a lot of st- establishing these practices. And then you go away and you're on your own in college for the first time creating this routine. And then, you know, this pandemic hits the world and it kind of threw us on its access. Mm-hmm. And now we were just getting back into the swing of things. And, and we, now the three of you are here in a foreign country. Again. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I think, um, so I definitely need to have that conversation. But one really quick thing about you, Emma, was during the the pandemic as a freshman and we had most of this programming online and the programs you took with me were, you know, <laughs> practice you. It was yeah. a journal that we worked on for five weeks, I think, how to just be more aware of yourself. And sure. and the other one was the Perfection Detox, again, yes. um, <laughs> which we love, Petra. Uh, so anyway, I think you came in, you know, as a, as a young college professional um, with this awareness. And so it'll just continue, you know, it's only going to continue, and, and um, that's, you should definitely be proud, don't, don't worry. <laughs> Picture that. yourself in senior year, you're going to be such a different person than you are now. Yeah, yeah. that's true, that's yeah, very, We yeah. were so different two years ago. If you met me, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was yeah, so, I met her, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, true, full disclosure, Lydia and Robin have been friends before Cork. They met freshman year, yeah. And so they've yeah. been together, and they will be together because then they have to go to PA school, so it's a long <laughs> journey. Um, and so it's also kind of a, a nice experience to be traveling abroad with one of your besties, which doesn't <laughs> always work out, you know, for us just in general. So that's kind of cool that you get to do that together. So yeah. um, so then they're sharing a lot uh, <laughs> over the course of their, their years together. Uh, but just to sort of the point that I'd really love to have a little dialogue on, um, Emma was in high school when the pandemic hit. Yes. You two were, were you sophomores yeah. at that stage? So, you know, you, again, 
in high school, we all know it's more our parents are controlling. We have more of a schedule with when our high school is requiring us to be there, maybe our sport teams or our job or our club. It, we have a much more regimented routine and schedule to follow. And then you come to college and you have to figure all that out. So you had those two steps. You had to figure it out living with masks and not being able to go visit people in dorms. Yes. Like you had a crazy experience. And then this year would have been a little bit more normal for you on campus. But now I'm here. But you're so. here. Yeah. So just maybe just start it off for us, Emma, and just say what that piece has been like. And I'm going to, again, steer you towards the idea of the self-care and the creating the, the routines, if you've done that or how you've, how you've survived it all. For sure, yeah. I think, yeah, I was in my senior year, second semester, when the pandemic hit, which is kind of an unfortunate time. But I think everyone, it hit everyone everyone was affected by it but I definitely missed out on the prom and the graduation and all these things but I don't really know like if I truly missed like I'm glad I like they were in um Lydia and Robin were in college and I think they probably even missed out a little bit more because you guys were used to college you had a year and a half under your belts and like now it all changed so my college experience luckily enough hasn't like I didn't know what it was without a pandemic. Mm. So I'm not comparing it to freedom that you had before. So I think they definitely probably went through an interesting thing with the pandemic hitting where they had a year and a half with no pandemic and now the pandemic's here and they they can actually compare that. Whereas I'm like, I don't know what I've missed out on because (laughs) I haven't had college without a pandemic. So so true. Yeah, but the routines and self-care, I think that... I don't know. It's interesting with the pandemic. I think I've definitely been more into self-care with the pandemic. Like when I was home, I lost my exercise component during the pandemic because going out and just like doing it yourself is not really, I'm not great at going out and like going on a run, but um, I did go vegan over the pandemic. And so it's, I'm not vegan anymore, but I do try to be as plant-based as possible. So it is interesting. Like I feel like the routine piece, I've picked up the self-care because in high school, I definitely burned myself out with all the clubs and stuff just trying mm. to get into college. Right. So <laughs> right. I, I think my I'm rebuilding my routine still. Um, I definitely still have the, like, I love to wake up. I don't love to wake up early. My body wakes me up early. <laughs> so I think, like, I do have some pieces, but I'm still working on that routine for sure. And then when you were transitioning, I guess, from high school to then college life, which we were – you know, it's interesting because you normally go away to college and there are people there. You have orientation leaders and RAs and staff and we're like, here's how it works. And last year, none of us really knew how it worked there. So you did have people, but it was harder, I guess, to really say this, this is going to help you because none of us really knew. Yeah. So how, you know, how was that experience, you know, I guess just starting out and trying to navigate all of that? Well, it started with me being banned from orientation because I'm from Illinois and I was on the bad states list. Oh, so, no. Uh, so I didn't even get an orientation like everyone oh, else. Oh, I no. was quarantined in Michigan for two weeks just to get to school. So I had a bit of a rocky start just getting to school. Oh, um, so I think it was definitely interesting to, like, try to get back into the pit. Like, I guess this whole thing of um, my whole freshman year, everyone was like, if if I get COVID, I'm going home. If I if I get sick, I'm going home. Or they, they had their that comfort there near mm-hmm. school if anything yes. happened. Whereas, like, 
I was like, I'm not getting on a plane if I have COVID, so I'm stuck here no matter what. So I think it was definitely a different experience with having, like, no way to navigate. I mean, I navigated it, but I didn't really have, like, all the support that I know in prior years. You have your orientation leaders, you have your, these people guiding you, but no one, it was new territory. No one knew what was happening, so I think it was definitely an interesting thing to navigate, but... I also was in Mountain View, so I had seven other roommates doing it with me, so it was okay. <laughs> so were you nervous about, like, just, you're saying, oh my gosh, if I get COVID, I'm going to be by myself, as opposed yeah. to someone's parents swooping in, because they're two hours away in New Jersey, and they can come get you. Yeah, um, it was definitely... Or were you okay? Like, does it make you nervous, or you were good? Um, I was, I feel like I was pretty good about, like, being far away from home. I think I did okay with that. Um, but it was always, like, a concern that I wouldn't be able to get home because it's, like, my parents, I mean, they, if I needed them, they would drive 16 hours to get me and 16 hours back, <laughs> but that is a, oh a significant trip to make, especially, yeah. like, I would never want to put them in risk health-wise either, so it was always a little bit of a worry about, like, getting COVID because I would have truly, truly been stuck, yeah. but it's okay. That's yeah. It. Yeah. it didn't happen. We're past that. Well, it could still happen. We're maybe not past it, but... So, maybe we're not past it, but I, I guess... That's the spirit. Yeah. But you have more tools now exactly. to navigate it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We're and you are, you're it. even further from home now. So. <laughs> Your parents are not driving to get you. Yeah, they're not. They, <laughs> but also, um, I just think many of us, you know, I'm obviously just focusing right on Emma right now and you definitely have the distance but it was such a stressful time for all of us so we look Mm -hmm. at the idea of self-care and then you're self-caring under immense stress every single one of us right we all felt it but for you to come to school trying to create new routines and (laughs) you know it's I think it's a little bit different than me being in my home in my familiar surroundings and I'm feeling stressed so it really to me when I look back your age group is probably going to be one of the most resilient because of everything you had to navigate and how you were mm. dipping your toe in, you know, being in this environment and, and trying to figure out ways to be healthy and survive and to not, yes. you know, crumble under all the stress, which yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So who wants to chat about their self-care journey pre okay Robin's Robin. Robin's ready Robin's ready okay she's been ready okay um so I did want to talk about a little bit what it was like during the pandemic versus now sure um so I was definitely dealing with a lot of mental health issues during Mm -hmm. that time I think we were all feeling very anxious about it um just in terms of, like, not leaving the house, being cooped up all the time, like, having this thing floating in the air, and you're like, I don't know where it is, I don't know if it can affect me, or the people that I love. Um, I also was going through a breakup at that time by myself, so, um, other than my family who was with me, I was going with therapy all the time, uh, so I definitely needed to create a routine in order to just keep my sanity, you know? Right. Um, but in addition to the mental health, I was also dealing with physical health, Actually, starting on um, New Year's Eve of 2020, I had my first gallstone attack. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, it came and out you're of so young. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I never, I didn't know what would set me off. Basically, when you have a gallstone attack, it, it happens an hour and a half after you eat something that typically has a lot of fat. Um, and what would happen with me would be like a five-minute onset, and then 
wherever I was, I would have to stop what I was doing. I would, like, lie on the floor just in a ball. I was in excruciating pain. I was, like, sweating. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't open my eyes. Um, And you just have to let it pass. Like, you feel that for an hour, an hour and a half. And so I was living in constant fear of everything that I was eating uh, just because I didn't know what would affect me. Um, And so part of this happened at the beginning of that semester at school and I was doing really good about meal prepping. I was almost forced to. And then once um, I went back home, it started getting worse. I was having one every two weeks. And I thought that if I could exercise every single day and um, really eat healthy all the time, that it would help. And so that's exactly what I did and it did not help. So um, I did end up getting surgery. So I'm one organ less now, but doing so much better. Yeah, well, and it is so unusual for someone your age to have that. Did, is there? Does it run in your family? Did they say anything? Or it does. I'm pretty sure it's genetic. Yeah, okay. and like my mom's a nutrition professor, so I've been eating oh. healthy my whole life. So okay. I'm pretty sure it's genetic. We'll just, I don't we'll know. Just throw that in the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely during the pandemic, I needed this structure in order to really take care of myself. Um, I was, you know, I was almost forced to, like I said. Um, and it did help. I, you know, I got over the breakup. I got past the surgery. And now that we're in Ireland, you know, I'm so blessed and grateful to have this opportunity. But I almost don't feel like I almost feel like a routine doesn't work here. Okay. Um, I've tried finding one. I've tried doing the same thing every day. And as crazy as it sounds, a city as beautiful as this is start. You get used to it. And like mm-hmm. just like Quinnipiac, it's kind of like you take for granted all the mm-hmm. resources. Like, all the restaurants that you have around you, all the places that you can go, all the things that you can do. It's not, like, special the way it was when you first came on campus the very first week. So, it's kind of the same thing in Cork. It's amazing that we're here, but I am afraid of losing the appreciation that I had for it when we first walked in. So, I've decided to kind of abandon a routine and just challenge myself to try new things. So... I have been creating a list of different cafes around the city, so every time mm-hmm. I want to study, I find a different spot to go to. Um, we've been trying to like find different bars and pubs uh, during the nights. We've been trying to make new friends, and so I've really been trying not to constrict myself uh, with what I think I should be doing every single day, and instead challenge myself to step outside my comfort zone and adventure and explore and maybe go on trips or travel around Europe. So that's been my new outlook since coming out of the pandemic a little bit. I love that. I mean, you've adapt you've adapted your routine to work here is basically what you've done. Because if you're going to a cafe to study, yes, we think of that routine as I'm going to the same one at the same time every day. You know you study well there and that's where you're going to study. That's the piece of the routine you're keeping. You're just opening your eyes up to like a new a place each more, time. Yeah. Um, and one of the activities we had done over our weekend was a little mindful eating and it was definitely that whole idea of seeing things and I say it seeing things with a sense of wonder and it's very funny that you brought all of that up because my Instagram post today was a little poem about wonder about the and how we forget we we do no matter where we are in our life kind of fall into those I'm not going to say bad routines, right? Because they help us to live and survive day to day a lot of times, but the ones where maybe we don't appreciate. So again, the self-awareness that you have and you all have to, um, you know, to not just fall into the, I'm only going to walk up this same street and go to the same little cafe. Like that's huge. That's huge. I love that. 
you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It just kind of brings that whole mindfulness piece back. And I think one of the things that I had said is, you know, when you walk up the street, notice the church, right? Don't just walk mm-hmm. up the street. Because yeah. I think, again, we forget and we just take in the sights and it happens everywhere right and it's not just the environment too it's also I feel like seizing opportunities Mm -hmm. for me I decided to try a lot of things here that I wouldn't do at home like uh, Lydia and I we've been practicing how to belay for rock climbing which is where okay you're both attached to like a rope on a pulley system and one person's helping the other so we've been learning that I tried like three new foods that I thought I hated and now I like oh my goodness (laughs) yeah she likes mangoes now who knew (laughs) and mangoes are fabulous Yeah, that's so a good. great fruit to add. <laughs> um, we tried scuba diving. Uh, and also, well, I guess that's a doozy. But um, <laughs> every week I've been challenging myself to go and do um, inline hockey or roller oh, hockey. Yeah. Um, it's a different type of skating that I'm used to. But there's a lot of people there that I just want to meet new people. And I wanted to try to hold a hockey stick, which I'm not very good at. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's just fun to try new and different things and see where it takes me. Okay, so fabulous. And you, you also, both of you, went to a place where I think most students don't normally pick to travel to, right? Because we tend to pick what we see, you know, out there in the world or where more, more people go. And you went to a small little island if you want to, I don't know if one of you just want to describe that. Because I feel like a lot of students come to go to... The big cities, which why would you not? I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't because Barcelona is amazing and Paris and you're so close to all of those, but you went to, I think it was a really cool little trip that you did. Yeah. So Rob and I both are on similar pages with that. We both wanted to study abroad in Spain. (laughs) Me, because like I'm a Spanish minor, Robin's been speaking Spanish for pretty much just as long as I have. So both of us love like Spanish, Spanish culture. Like, Wait, I like, have to stop you. Do you speak Spanish to each other sometimes? Sometimes. Some, so, so, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. While, yeah. We do, because <laughs> it's funny fun. because... Um, <laughs> Sorry to it. derail you, no, but no. I just, I have to We've know. We've done it actually in Ireland because we'll meet a bunch of people from like different... There's a lot of international students here, so we met a group of Italians. We've met groups of other people who have their own language that they speak with each other and then English. So when they're speaking with each other, sometimes we feel the need that we want to like speak to each other them understanding like hey we want to have our own language so we actually did that like a couple weeks ago we're like if you're gonna speak Hebrew then we're gonna speak Spanish off in the corner when you guys can't hear us so yeah we do that oh my god sorry I just had to know yeah so So we both really wanted to go to Spain and when we couldn't because of COVID our school only restricted us to going to Ireland I considered not going I was like why would I want to go to Ireland what's in Ireland it seems like a waste and then I actually, like, Robin and I had a lot of conversations about it, and we decided, no, we're going to do it. I'm sure it has its own perks and its own beauty. And at this point, like, I laughed to myself thinking that I ever wouldn't have come. Mm. <laughs> this is, like, the most amazing trip. I think it's equally as cool as Spain. I bet Spain has its own things to offer. Like, I think every single country 100%. has its own beautiful things, and half of it's the people, you know? Absolutely. It's not just what major attractions are in the country, it's learning the people their story their food like there's so much to love about every place i agree so much yeah yeah but also we wanted to get off the beaten path a little bit yeah yeah do you want to talk about no go for it oh um basically i mean being in cork it is a big city and there's a lot of industry here there's a lot of people and we wanted to get a feel for what authentic ireland does feel like so we decided to take a three-hour bus ride and a one-hour ferry to um the Aran Islands. They're islands off the coast of Galway. And 
um, it's such a small town. I don't even, there's not many people that live there at all. Yeah, it's like 700 or something crazy. Yeah, there's two restaurants on the whole thing. There's donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> we love the donkeys. We do. Yeah. Um, and half the attractions, you can't get there by car. You have to bike there, and it's not even an actual path. It's a dirt path, and all of it is basically uphill. So we went biking 45 minutes one time to the opposite side of the island. We biked bike through like this really tiny town that was like in the middle over there um do you want to describe we were it like the more? only two people like at like with in any view it just felt like me and robin like alone uh, in this place in the world it felt almost like we were the first two people to have discovered it that's such um, an incredible it was, feeling it was so powerful it was so beautiful it was like one of it's probably my favorite day i've had here we talk me about too. it all the time we're gonna go back a hundred percent but it was just such a powerful feeling and I remember, like, the week before we went to Cliffs of Moor, maybe a couple weeks before that, and what felt different about it is it was so touristy. And, like, mm. you followed, like, a rope path where there were people in front of you, people behind you. If you stopped, there was someone, like, trying to get around you, like, people with babies and strollers. And, like, it just felt so much like a touristy area, whereas this felt like nature. Like, I feel like that's how it should yeah. be, you know? So for us, it was such a powerful, like, amazing yeah. moment. And it was less of a tourist attraction. It probably is a tourist attraction, but it felt like less of an attraction and more of just a appreciating the land. Yeah, yeah. and you don't oh. get a lot of that authentic, authentic flair. Yeah. I mean, we had a taste of that yesterday in the village we went to as I well. I love that. So much. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. And again, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to see the cliffs. Like, the cliffs are important. Do that but, too. <laughs> right, but it's a definite different feel. And yeah. I think, too living abroad that also gives you a little more authentic feel than just popping into Ireland and visiting something right mm -hmm. so you are really embracing all of those moments which is um, pretty unique yeah. yeah okay and so then we're going to circle back to you Lydia to talk about your I guess the pre-pandemic college life the transition during the after um, I know you described some of your really incredible mm -hmm. self-care practices but how was all of that during this journey that we've all been on? Yeah, so when the pandemic hit, I was probably, like, already at a really, like, all-time low mm -hmm. of my life before the pandemic hit. Um, I was in my sophomore year of college. I was taking, like, all the hardest classes you could take, plus their labs, plus I was working two jobs. Oh, my. Plus I was going through a breakup, like, a year and a half one where I started the relationship literally the first month of college so I didn't know college without this person it was messy it was terrible my dog had just died oh. um there were like a lot of things going on in my life at that point like mental health issues um it was just really bad I was I was sick I was really sick for a period of time um everything had just collided and then the pandemic hit and it was like just the cherry on top like it didn't even feel like the worst issue at the time for me oh wow. uh, and so it felt like an absolute nightmare um, so thinking back to that was, is really hard actually. But when I got home, I was like really depressed. I need like social interaction. I need to get out. I need to go to the gym. I couldn't work out at the gym. I found my own routine at home. Actually, I did a lot of like yoga meditation. Um, I did a lot of like workouts in my basement every day. I dedicated like an hour and a half and just like full on worked out. I hate running. I took up running. I did so many things making sure I was working out every single day. Um, so that was like the one thing that kind of like kept me intact. Calling my friends mm. was a huge piece. 
um, and food and even just like confiding in my family was a big piece. I had been so like separated from them until that point. And then I feel like when I got home, I had no one else to rely on because everything I loved was like gone, <laughs> you know, like just for multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I had to lean on people who I didn't normally lean on. And it brought me closer to like so many different people. So like, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and yeah, so I think that was kind of what I focused on in the summer was just like surviving. Um, and then I was able to find a job and everything and that I put a lot of like my time and my effort into my job and poured it into that. Um, and then when I started school the next year, I was really scared because everyone told us we weren't going to, it wasn't going to last long. Our school was going to get shut down. Everyone was like, don't even go. A lot of my friends didn't come. So I was terrified to even come. I debated not going because I figured if my friends aren't coming, why should I go? I'm going to be miserable, but I knew I wouldn't be happy at home either. So I pushed myself to go and I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Like I clung on to Robin. Robin and I kind of created like our own little bubble of things to do. And I actually had like one of the best years of my life last year. Um, like that's so awesome. We found like a new way to enjoy college completely different than the other two years with new friends, like a new environment. Um, so yeah, I, I think last year was a really good year of kind of putting my life back together. Um, and like, I'm really proud of that. That's really amazing. And yeah. you know, as horrible as we know the pandemic is, and we certainly wouldn't wish it on any of us, there are things that have come out of it that have been good. Mm-hmm. And so for you, it was literally like the shedding of all the bad in your yeah. life. And maybe you kind of needed that in order to put it all in perspective and to have this great adventure um, yeah. and reinvent and find different things instead of falling into the same old, which maybe wasn't serving you in a exactly. way and you didn't even know. Yeah. You don't know until it's gone, but then you feel so much better and I feel more confident in myself. Like I just feel like a stronger, better person coming out of that. I um, think it's so interesting that you even said like your family strengthened, your family unit strengthened too, because I feel like things came out of the pandemic that you didn't expect. Like yeah. obviously you lost like seeing your friends every day but then you found ways to like distance yourself and you found strength in your family that just like yeah would like without the pandemic like my relationships wouldn't be as strong so it's interesting I agree completely I I'm much closer to people who I wasn't close to before because I had to be because I had no other choice you know you have to rely on them but it's so nice too I think for your family because your family is your family and we definitely can grow apart but you always go back. So now you, you have that, but you also have the, the newfound closeness or the, the enhanced mm. relationships, which hopefully continue forever because, right, they're going the distance with you. Yeah. They're, they're part of you, which, you know, we hope our friends will, but sometimes we don't know, right? Yeah. People's lives change and things shift. So, um, but I, I would say as a mom, like that just makes me so happy. Like when I hear that, because it is really important and we, you know, you do need to rely on your family and sometimes we just feel like, oh, they don't get me. They don't understand me. And a lot of that's in our teenage years, we feel that. And then we forget that. Break out of it. Yeah. We forget that we might've grown out of that piece or maybe they're not the person we have in, in our mind, mm-hmm. whether that's a parent or a sibling or a grandparent or, or yeah. whatever. We tend to put up our own walls sometimes. So, um, even with my brother, like we were both home. He was supposed to go to California. He's a film major. He want, he was going to get an internship in California. Like He got the internship, and he had to turn it down because of COVID. Ugh. So 
a lot of everything he wanted to do was completely ruined. Um, so we were both stuck together at home, like kind of miserable. <laughs> and so we actually like bonded so much more than we ever have just from that one summer. And like, even now, like we're doing things together that we would never do together in the past. So that like alone has been like really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love all that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's so important, right? That we have that. And then, so all of those changes and maybe that's too how it's translated mm. into your adventure here. It sounds yeah. like, you know, that outlook of trying new things and doing new things. So another piece I want to add to that. Oh, is sure. <laughs> I finally felt like junior year last year, I was like on track. Everything okay. was good. Like I had everything set up and finally um, I could get back into my routine and being myself again. And then I, <laughs> I broke my ankle the first, oh, no. the first weekend of um, summer, the, like my last summer before grad school. Um, and that was, a nightmare it was really terrible I couldn't walk for a while anyways I couldn't work like I had an EMT job I had just secured I had to give it up oh my god like I had just bought like this really nice expensive gym membership I couldn't go to the gym I couldn't do anything um, I was completely relying on my parents um, and so that was really tough and then I found ways to work around that found ways to like be happy even through not being able to do everything I traditionally thought would bring me joy um, including finding ways to do workouts, like, <laughs> like in a cast, like I, I literally found ways to, you know, like get over that piece. And then I was healthy for two weeks and then I got mono. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So I, oh my God. I was sick for another six weeks up until, um, Ireland. So I, after that, I couldn't work out again <laughs> because if you have mono, it's a huge issue. Yeah. If you're working out, you could have your spleen actually rupture. And there right, was a point right. where I rushed myself to the doctor to get like a x-ray because I could feel my spleen, like so much pressure in my spleen. I was really scared it was about to rupture. Ugh. So that was something else I couldn't do. Like I couldn't drink. I couldn't go with friends. I had to sleep all day. I couldn't work. So the whole summer just completely flipped around and I was miserable at points, but also more grateful than I've ever been mm. because I had to rely again on my family and my wow. friends and my new boyfriend who I've gotten a lot of support from and we grew together. And then I left for college in Ireland. So <laughs> I haven't had a single stable thing since like freshman year, but yet I've found ways to like continue with my, like with my um, wellness and self-care through all of that. There's like, you just have to alter it. Yeah. depending on the circumstance. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so important and we, all of us forget that because this is my routine. This is what I do. Right. And I, I am a big one for talking about creating routines, but when life derails us, like how do we get back on track? And maybe yeah. it's not the way we envision it, but what, what will this be in this mm. moment? So again, when I referenced your generation being resilient, like yeah. the last few years have really, really showed you your own resiliency of just reinventing yourself to find a way to be healthy and happy. Wow. <laughs> that's a you. lot. Oh, thank you. I'm proud of you guys too. <laughs> that's, that's really a lot. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and you still wanted to come and have this adventure. I'm so glad I did. Yeah. This has been like, I feel like I was like reborn. Like I, that sounds so dramatic, but I felt like this past <laughs> couple of months have been like crazy. And then I just completely get dropped into this new place. Yeah. Yes, go on, Robin. Yeah, do you, do you think that all of this instability and, like, all these difficult uh, obstacles that you've faced have made you appreciate this experience more? Yes. 
I think ever my thing. What was the self the statement that we had to make? Oh, I, I, I am. I statement. statement. My statement was to be grateful, like every day, and like wake up and be like, wow, I'm with people who I love. Like I amazing food today. Like I have this beautiful view. Like yes, I think you. I think I'm like appreciating every little thing. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of um, sayings out there. You've probably heard them, and I'm just gonna you know mash together an example, but it's like. Um, the the lesson uh, or the the in the action whatever doesn't leave you until till you've learned the lesson right so whatever the hardship is it sticks around it stays with you you get one hardship after another whether it's the same or you have that same pattern until you've seen the lesson or mm. or really learned the I lesson yeah I, I'm do not doing it justice there's a beautiful quote and after we do this I'm gonna find it and we'll send, it it yeah. send it to you send it to you. Um, but you know, we don't want to see it, you know, when something gets put in our path, an obstacle, we don't, we often don't want to see like how we can, you know, make our routines around it and what we can learn from that. But I think all of this really, it seems like at least all of your experiences that you've had, which could have just made you want to crawl in a ball and stay home, you know, and mm -hmm. not even go back to college has just made you that much more. Um, want to seek out these incredible opportunities and feel that like the, the feelings of joy you haven't stopped looking for which obviously is really powerful yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so good to think that the three of you will be in the healthcare system sharing that uh, at least to me um, because more people need need to hear that and when they go to be treated, whether it's someone sharing like how to rebuild your life from an accident yeah. or whatever your, your practice is as an OT or they're coming to being cared for, you know, it is looking at the whole person and it's not just fixing, oh, I need to teach you how to hold a spoon again. It's looking at the holistic body. And um, There's more to it. There's a lot of mental health stuff that goes with that too, yeah. not just the physical breakage or physical thing. Absolutely. So much you have to get over. Absolutely. Absolutely. For any of it. And yeah. you're trying to weave in nutrition and, you know, looking at maybe the struggles you've had in, in your own lives already um, with mental health and the strategies and the things that you've used, like lessons from your grandma. I mean, those are all things that I think are so important to weave in to your practices, like with when you're a caregiver and sharing with others or even whatever with your families. And, and if you have your own family someday, like those are all the things that I think are really going to make you, you know, shine and be successful because, yeah, you have a lot to share. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll just ask one more little question so I don't keep anybody because um, we have maybe lunch and a little jazz or something <laughs> to attend. Um, but if you, you know, I, the unique thing is the two of you came and you are really good friends, your best friends. So one of the questions that I always ask my podcast guests deals with friendship, but it, I know most of us know how to be a good friend. We're trained, you know, our family says, Oh, be a good friend and do this. And this is how we treat others. And we're, we're really trained in the treating of others way, I think in a lot of what we do, but we're not trained in how we treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I guess taking a step back, um, are you good at being your own best friend or how, how is that working out for each of you and anyone can, can start? I can start. Um, okay, um. I, I suck at being my own best friend. I <laughs> okay. think I'm very negative. I have very negative talk about myself. Mm. I'm, I'm definitely working on like being more positive about talking about myself because I feel like, like, I don't feel like I hear other people talk negative about themselves, but for some reason, like, 
I'm always like, I'm bad at that. Like it's well, and a lot of that is in your head, yeah. right? Meaning our self talk is inside of ourselves. So yeah. I, you, you don't hear me having my own negative self-talk. Yeah, so mine's inside my head and it comes out. You're so more vocal, maybe. I'm a, yeah, I'm a little bit more vocal about being hard on myself, but I think, yeah, it's definitely difficult to be your own best friend. I think it's something you have to kind of learn, and I think, honestly, Ireland is definitely helping me because, like, now my friends are at Quinnipiac, and they're at home, and they're they're doing their own thing, and I think like Robin and Lydia came in together. They had a, they had a friend to share this experience with and they they had that support um in their friendship when they had it. And I mean, obviously they've given me so much support here and my roommates and everyone's been amazing here, but I feel like it's definitely you yeah. get a little lonely here. Yeah, it's you're different. it's different. You're interacting with people, you're social all the time, but you still have that like component. Um and I think it's definitely like I'm trying to learn how to like like myself better and I think that this is definitely a good experience because I I kind of have to learn mm. in order to survive here. Yeah. I have to learn how to enjoy myself and spend time with myself and I think I think it's coming together here by by separating myself. I think this has definitely been an experience to like learn how to love yourself more. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And again, the self-awareness, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, we don't always hear the other people because we, yeah. we're, you know, mm-hmm. we tend to be really critical in the mirror when we're by ourselves, you know, yeah. in our own head. That inner critic is hard it's, to quiet down. Yes. And, um, you know, I like to ask that because if you listen back to other podcasts, I've spoken with people who are, you know, in their late 60s and in their 40s. Like, it is yeah. a universal thing. Um, that I think we always have to work on. And uh, sometimes we don't think of it in that way, but, you know, we do have best friends and we know how to treat them and be caring towards them. Mm -hmm. But we have to be able to go the distance with ourselves, right? This is the only person that you're spending your entire life with. So, um, so, well, great. I'm going to ask you again when you get back from Ireland how the process (laughs) was. (laughs) How you're feeling, how you did. Exactly. Would anyone else like to answer that? I mean, I won't force you. (laughs) Okay, Robin, go ahead. Um, I guess just to start, like, I was bullied growing up, but I do think the biggest bully was myself. I I think I let it slide a lot of the time, especially in the past. Not so much now anymore, but, you know, you say a lot of negative things in your head, like you said. Like, you say things when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, and... That, that was just it. That was, like, my mindset all the time, and I never really noticed it. And I feel like I'm kind of coming into this period of my life where I do notice these things now. And I feel like that's the first step. Yes. So whenever I make a self-depreciative joke, either I'll take it back, which is really awkward, or someone will... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, self. I'm going to take yeah, that back. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, someone will point it out, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm really trying to work on, like, the self-love piece. And... You know, I don't know if everyone can resonate with that, but I, it's a little bit off topic, but whenever I have a crush on somebody, I tend to think about them a lot, mm-hmm. and one day I sat down and I was like, why don't I think about myself like that? Oh. It's like, I put myself on the back burner and I focus on other things, other people. So I've really been trying to, that's what I did this summer when I decided to do all this reflection and take up a new like sport and like do all these things. I really was prepping myself, I think, for Ireland and... Um, just focusing on myself more than anybody else and this is the first time in my life that I've done that but it's really paying off I love that (laughs) but you know and it's it is hard and we have to practice it because 
I don't think we're taught that. Like, I know I'm a mom. I don't think I, I don't know that I verbalize that out loud to my children. Like, make sure you know how to be your own best friend. You know, it's right. Like my daughter and I definitely have conversations about that now. She's older and we can, but I think as parents, we tend to not put that in the idea. Like self-care isn't talked about in the realm of self-care. We say, brush your teeth before you go to bed, you know, turn off the lights, like all the things that you were talking about. Like we get those, we check the box Mm -hmm. with that, but we don't teach you how to think about yourself first and put just as much attention because, oh, well, don't be selfish or don't, you know, we all have our own little ways. So I think it, it takes a long time to realize, um, you know, your value, your worth, and it's just as important to think about yourself as it is for the other people. And it doesn't take away from your feelings for other people or being a good human or a good friend to others or a good partner. It's just, you know, it's important to feel that about yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, this is Lydia speaking. <laughs> I have a couple things just based off of what you just said. I do think your self-love greatly impacts your friendships and greatly oh, impacts your relationships. And I feel like for the first time, like, now that I'm finally, like, starting to chip away at that, I'm having better friendships mm. and, like, my relationships are just so much better. Yeah. So I do think it has a huge impact on that. Um, So I'm going to say one thing I think, my opinion, I think it's because you're not relying on these outside relationships to make you happy. Like you're learning to make yourself happy and the outside relationships are like just now enhancing that, right? So you're not dependent on them for your happiness. So, so it makes it easy. Like it takes them off the hook. I like that too. Right. So you're, you can make yourself happy and the other stuff just enriches it. Also people are just so much more attracted to someone who loves themselves and like knows what they want. Yeah. I found that like when I'm confident in myself and I know what I want, people enjoy my company way more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we want to be around confident, yeah, positive people. It's contagious. Yeah. If you were to put that role model up there, that would be who you would pick. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but um, the but to answer your question about um, yeah, I am my own best love. friend or self love <laughs> or whatever you said. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's something that I'm finally kind of like Robin just tackling now. Mm-hmm. It's something I've struggled with for so many years. And as someone who has worked out and eaten healthy for so long, I always have this constant like thought in the back of my head that it's never enough. I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing it often enough. Um, I skip three days and then I feel like a terrible person. Or I break my ankle and I can't work out the way I want to. And then now I'm like completely worried about my self-image rather than getting better. Like you like my priorities are all over the place and I'm so hard on myself all the time Mm. and like the way that I finally was able to like realize this is in your head is when I express those feelings to my friends and family and I say like I'm feeling terrible about myself because it's been a week I'm sitting on the couch I'm not working and I'm not working out and then my mom says Lydia you have a broken ankle like you were doing more than a normal person would be doing in your circumstance like you were doing way more so when people put me in touch with myself and kind of give me a reality check and say no Lydia you're doing like incredible I think you I think it's in your head I'm slowly like realizing like I'm trying to differentiate differentiate between thoughts that are like real thoughts and thoughts that are in my head that are not based off of reality and like once you can kind of differentiate those thoughts then you can 
I don't know. I'm working on, like, trying to get rid of those thoughts. I'm not really there yet. I'm just working on differentiating them. Yeah, and that's, you bring up such a great point as you say that. I don't know if they're always going to go away, go away. Maybe they get a little less harsh. Maybe they come a little less often, or maybe the second they're there, you're like, no, Mm. like that, there's no room for this. I don't know, because our brain, it's it's hard, right? It's It's so hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's mean. Um, But I love all that. I guess I say that as I'm wondering, because I know even though I'm obviously aware and we're talking about it, you know, the it's still there, you know, yeah. we talked about being perfect, you didn't do it right, you know, yeah. you're not good enough, and it, and that was the whole book, right, the perfection detox, yeah. perfect <laughs> isn't, isn't a thing, and when I'm a is... Virgo, so perfectionist, same like, girl, same, too, I'm, I'm with Virgo. you, <laughs> not me, Wait, the three oh, of us, all, all three of us are Virgo, that's so funny, I can see it, <laughs> yes, I so, I totally see it, that's so funny, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, just this whole point, you know, it all comes with that idea of, of awareness and bringing your awareness and I think you know naming the things and knowing how to make yourself happy or knowing when you're not feeling well okay I need to step back what do I need to do to fix it maybe it is just a good night's sleep you know maybe it's permission to not you know study so hard and to have a night off yeah um, you know it is the food that's going to help your body you know move and and feel um, whole again. So I think having those those little things are so so important. I love it, Goldie. We, we have so much we want to talk. I know about. we could do this like three hours. I, know. Of yeah. I think something else I just wanted to say is I realized as well that I tend to focus on the negative. Mm. I could have I could do like a thousand. Okay, maybe not a thousand. I could do like ten really <laughs> amazing things in one day. But if I do one thing not what I wanted to do or I don't do it as well, that's all I can think about. Like the next day right. and I reflect and I'm like yeah so I didn't complete this and that day was not useful or whatever so I think I've, I'm starting to try to shift my thinking to recognizing hey like you did 10 things you should be proud of like focusing right. on the things that you should be proud of because there's so many things I am doing to be proud of and then also like you know thinking a little bit about what I didn't do but that's not the biggest issue here you know yeah so just being proud of yourself for what you can do wasting all the energy on just that one negative yes um, exactly and I don't know if you do this but like I will literally play it over in my head over and over and it's like over. okay that it's not gonna happen again like you can't fix it so if in your mind you say okay in that situation again this is how I want to react or respond or whatever the case yeah. is you have to let it go it's so hard to let it go it's yeah. so yeah. hard to be present to be on and not yeah. focus on the past like I think that even ties into, like, grades defining you. Like, it's definitely one of those things that, like, you see a bad grade, and it's not even bad, but, like, for some reason you can't forget about it. You can't, like, move on. So I think being – that's, like, yeah, staying in the past is, like, definitely a hard thing, and I think, like, forgiveness and, like, it's just – it's just hard. It's just really hard. You have all touched on a lot of things. You just brought in forgiveness. <laughs> we could go on for days now. <laughs> but we can't. Maybe we'll do, um, uh, in season four, maybe we will reunite when we're all on campus again in the spring and see where our journeys have taken us. Yeah. And how we're we're yes. now episode. Yes. yes. It's like Oprah we're now. Yeah. Well, you do have a lot to share, and uh, I love it. And I think everything that you've shared obviously is not only beneficial for a college student, people in your own situations, but 
the reminder to to all of us like you definitely had a lot of words of wisdom to share um, and all of us can can learn from that so so thank you honestly it's been I mean I've been with you all weekend so it's been really <laughs> lovely to get to know you and spend time with you and to have these conversations and I said out loud in one of the if anyone wants to be a part and these three mm -hmm. ladies were like me and um, so I really <laughs> so appreciate your willingness to spend time with me and to do this and I'm so excited for the rest of your journey you still have a good amount of time here to indulge yourselves and take it all in and learn and um, yeah even if we don't get to podcast again I mean even though we can but if we don't I absolutely need to spend time with you in the spring so we <laughs> yes. can figure out how everything went and, and mm -hmm. what else happened awesome. so Thank you, Robin. Thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you, Emma. So much thank you so much. And thank you, Lydia. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. So amazing, right? Uh, do you not want to be best friends with these three? So Emma, Robin, and Lydia, thank you so very much. I really, really, truly appreciated every moment that you spent with me, just humoring an old lady with something that she's passionate about. But I found that uh, we were all connected, right, despite our ages and what we're going through and they really just uh, shared so much of themselves and I really appreciate them just being so raw and open with their process and where they are now so again thank you and thank you listeners for tuning in uh, next week we're getting ready for Luciana Marcel Vincion, uh, just one of the pioneers that we have in the spinning program. So for those of you who have been listening, you know I've had some of my other colleagues from this program in. Lou is one of our team leaders. Uh, you will adore her as the rest of us do. And she has a couple of really important tips that she began uh, before COVID, before this pandemic, but really has had an opportunity to fine tune and linger on and so I'm looking forward to the conversation that we had in getting to share that with all of you. So thank you for spending time with Living Well While Living Online, which is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. And a very, very special thank you to the team, to David DeRoche, the executive producer, to Renette Shafu, the producer, to Lauren Scupo, who does our social media, and thank you to Scott Holmes on the theme music. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. And you can listen to all of them on the platform or app of your choice. You also can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at qupodcasts. And feel free to send us an email at qupodcasts at qu.edu. So until next week, my friends, be intentional, breathe deep, and please don't forget, learn to be your own best friend. 